You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. So how was the funeral? Did you guys all stand in line? Did you get to see each other and uh, go That's past it. the the coffin? And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was a good. Mm. <laughs> I watched TV for six hours. Mm. Yeah, I watched the most patriotic thing. I watched the the thing that Britain does best at state occasions. We had the Navy who did us proud mm-hmm. by pulling the uh, the Queen's coffin. All marching perfectly in time, all the, the hats moving at the same time, mm. right? All the feet marching at the same time. Everybody in the in that uh, procession was all in time to the beat of the drum. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. I saw a man walking down the mall towards the biggest pile of horse <laughs> you have ever seen in your life, and he had to walk straight through it. Mm-hmm. Biggest pile of shit you've ever seen. I've seen <laughs> young kids with Paddington bears waving them at the coffin as the Queen went by. That is what the Brits are all about. <laughs> we'll walk through shit. We'll watch Paddington bear. <laughs> there you go. Can we have that as like the new little promo for our for our show for the ESO Network? You know, this 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 is, it's all good about walking through shit and waving <laughs> our Paddington bears. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast will wade through. Shit will wave proudly our Paddington bears. But no, you're right. The, the, the whole procession and doing it in time, but doing it for an hour and a half. Like this wasn't oh, yeah. just 20 minutes of changing the guard. This was an hour and a half marching in time to the beat. It was pretty, pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I was just watching it with so much pride and, and you know, it, the wife was, in, absolutely in tears and you know, she's oh my god oh, oh. I said yeah but how did they get that coffin to drop down was it was it water powered <laughs> you know was it like hydraulic or was it was it was it in a, like a, a cherry picker underneath going beep 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 <laughs> you know as the, as the thing went down I, I was all about the uh, the organisation and when the piper uh, was at the obviously in the corridor mm. at the side there and he started piping and then he walked off into the distance to give mm. that effect of fading away me and my missus were sat there going, oh, my God, that's amazing. I, I thought, that's, that's incredible. I, said, I can still hear you. I can, I can still hear you. Any minute now, you'll hear. <laughs> I was expecting him to fall off the, the ledge, and then you just really hear it just being dragged away. Because the camera foreshortened it, it looked as though he was going to just go into the wall. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, I... I didn't know whether to watch it or not, or whether just to watch you know, it's like the, the highlights program in the evening or whatever. <laughs> highlights. Um, <laughs> if that's the right word. Um, replay. But I'm glad I watched it all. I thought it was really, really um, amazing. When they were just outside Windsor and they all congregated, they got all the, band, uh, all the you know, guards together and the coffin was there and the cottage and all that. And it was just in this country road. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the big streets anymore. It wasn't in the you know the city center, the you know the place where she was born and and you know where ruled you know basically from all of her life. This was just at the end of her drive in a country road, and it was just mm-hmm. bizarre to see that you know the the you know the a monarch of the of you know of of Great mm-hmm. Britain just <laughs> just like any other person would do. You know, you know, <laughs> you know when when we drive down to our local. Uh, crematorium which is 
90% of people are, are buried there or cremated yeah. there. Uh, it's it's off a main road and there's a you know there's a bit of a, a country lane to get to it. Um and that's what everybody sees. That's what we all see. When I every um funeral I've been to has been to that sort of location. So to see the Queen there, it was really bizarre. Mm-hmm. In that sort of so, you know, setting. So what's the mood of the country now? I think we move on now. I think we're back to the yeah. war again, aren't we? I yeah, think it was it. Uh, there was nothing in the in the in the um, newspapers or in the press other than the Queen for the whole week, and especially leading up to the funeral and the, and the you know, organisation of it all. Um, it was pretty much that, and the whole day yeah. was just put to you know to one side for her. And I think you know as it should have done. Mm. It should be. Every every major TV channel had coverage of it in some way, shape, or form, other than Channel Five, which was showing the Emoji Movie the entire time. Oh God. Um, yeah, they uh, they were the obviously they they obviously lucked into the the draw, and when everyone else got oh we'll we'll cover this part of Westminster, we'll do this. Channel Five must have just got you're you're entertaining the kids that have to watch this with their parents, and they they pulled the wrong straw. So Channel Five did that, and everyone else had to cover the funeral. So yeah, yeah. I, it was funny though because at, right after the funeral and after the evening, you know, uh, sort of settled down, BBC put on. Paddington Two. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's going to be on every time on the nineteenth of September for every year. I know, I know, my poor son. That was his birthday, mm. and mm. and International Talk Like a Pirate's Day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't hear anybody in the uh, in the in the congregation going, "Ah, <laughs> Your Majesty." <laughs> It's great to have you in there. <laughs> Once the coffin was in, someone jumps in trying to get some buried treasure. <laughs> Jack Sparrow. <laughs> oh, what a day. I mean, you know, I can't. No, that's not because that's the first day all the way through the day that I've not spoken like a pirate. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah, there we go. Everything was okay in Canada. Nothing was taken over by it. It was just a little bit of coverage or. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I had CNN up and I had some other channels and whatever. There's a little bit here and there when I when I remembered to do that because I was, I was <laughs> doing stuff. But yeah, I think the rest of the world was just like, what are they doing? Like, literally just watching a street for two hours. Yeah, I got Monday off though, so that was cool. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hello, Cosmic Pizza Podcast, the show of all sorts that sorts all by serving up a slice of life. What is your order, please? Uh Uh-huh. I see. The special it is. We'll be there to deliver ASAP. podcast special delivery hello and welcome to the cosmic pizza podcast serving you a slice of life and today we are going to be looking at films from the 2010s
but of course, I'm not on my own. As always, I have my two cohorts, who are frozen. Run in Canada. <laughs> yep. Dan in the UK. I'm just going to say it in case it comes out right. <laughs> oh boy, there's going to be some editing in this my podcast. <laughs> Do I need to speak now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That all went horribly wrong, but I'll I'll edit that or maybe just leave it in. What the hell? Um, yes, our internet connections are a bit dodgy this week, so apologies for any robotic noises and uh, skips and beats and pauses. Um, I should be okay because I'm the one recording it, but the other two, unfortunately, uh, might dip in and out. Uh, they're not being rude. It's just the you know, the internet connection is going down. So let's uh, let's move on, uh, guys. Twenty tens. What 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 are your what are your apart from films? What what were you up to in the twenty tens? Then it was only not so long ago, but you know. What was I doing? Uh, let's see. Um, I was going through a number of relationships. I was uh, living in a different city. Uh, in twenty fourteen, I started the Rusted Robot podcast. In twenty 12 i actually started listening to podcasts so the last decade or so has really been about podcasts yeah i'd have to say i think you're right there i was just looking at it myself i think 2012 i started podcasting and then it you know, became as big a thing as the, as the decade went by um to a point where just near the end of the decade i sort of had to give it up for a bit um through to personal reasons and then uh, i've got back to it again you know since covid really uh, so yeah i think podcasts is a big thing dan yeah, uh, I got married in 2010. Uh, I left my big London job in 2013, and that's when I could get a proper phone and I could afford to buy one. And I listened to these podcasts from this crazy guy called Sean from Canada and, and Paul, who's like, they were waffling about sci-fi and it's crazy. Um, and they were in 10 forward, I think, for quite a, few, quite a while. And then from there, yeah, I got obsessed with podcasts and decided I thought I might do some myself. And then, uh, yeah, I had these things... Um, uh, womb gremlins no no kids that's it kids um <laughs> ended up having three of them i don't know why i did that to myself but there we go didn't, so didn't I, listen to enough podcasts that's what it was exactly yeah so podcasts and replicating myself that was pretty much it seemed like a good idea at the time right yeah it was so it's such a good idea mm. oh and there was a pandemic as well for two years of it so there we go yeah very good okay well doing a bit of homework for this um uh, for this podcast obviously we went through a few lists of uh, the films of the 2010s and i think um our biggest takeaway from it all is we don't recognize half of these films it's i mean true. I, th- I think what happened is there were so many marvel films came out oh, around this time that they just took all of our time and all of our energy to, to watch them and we didn't really see anything else mm. Other than Marvel, yeah, I pretty much... really haven't made time to go to the cinema. Mm. Everything on my list I've watched on demand services or through DVD. Mm. I haven't yeah. watched on the cinema. And and a lot of them on the lists are the, those the arty art films that mm. are so important but boring as all get out that uh, you just don't care. Yeah, the sort mm-hmm. of things that are likely to win an Oscar because they're so arty. But, they're, yeah. you know, but they just make no sense or crap. You know, like Birdman. There's one. Or the lobster. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few. Oh, yes. Well, fortunately, we don't have too many of them in our list. Uh, we'll just quickly, I say quickly, as quickly as we can, whip through uh, this list that we've well, that I've put together. And I know that there's some Sean has got, and there's, there's a few that, that uh, Dan has got as well that they're going to add. So we start the 2010s with 
uh, what would have been uh, number three on my list, but I, I've taken it out of my list because we actually ha have three films that we, or two, at least two films that we we all like. So um, we'll, we'll sort of talk about them. Uh, but this is Inception. Now, I've only ever seen this film once. In fact, I should really say I've watched half of this film once because I, I got it from a friend, Lee. He gave it to me as a, either Christmas or birthday present. And I, I, I put it on. I said to the family, come on, let's, let's sit down. This is supposed to be a good film. I've, I've heard about it, but um, let's see what it's like. And we put it in. Off, off we went. And all, I looked up at one point and all four of us were just playing on our phones. And halfway through the film, it was a bit, uh, yeah, whatever. And then suddenly, it all took off. And we, were, and we all looked and went, oh, we should have been paying a bit more attention to the beginning of the film because now we don't really know what the hell's going on. But the actual ending of the film, we sort of got, we got what it was all about. And, and it was really, I, was, I really wish I'd watched that right from the beginning. I, re I really, now that I know, I really need to pay attention for the first half. Unfortunately, I lent it to my boss and he still got it. So I haven't had time to actually get around and watch it again. Uh, so I must get it, get it back off him at some point. But uh, Inception, guys, did you did you see this film? My uh, viewing experience sounds the same as yours. Uh, I've seen part of it and back just because. <laughs> it was a good film. I enjoyed it. It, it was too popular, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... The um, I mean, it's got you know enough big stars. I mean, obviously Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, Elliot Page, uh, Ken w Watanabe, Pete Postlethwaite, Michael Caine. I mean, there's a lot of big people in it. But um, oh, yeah. I, re I really need to watch it again. <laughs> I mean, it is now a verb, isn't it? Whenever someone says, "Oh, it's something inside something," oh, you incept it, you you're inceptioning whatever it is, and the people do use it as a reference point. So it was popular and successful enough. It just wasn't. It didn't grab me. Oh, yeah. Is it cut out again? No, no, yeah. that's fine. I can edit that. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, all the words were there, just not necessarily in one go. I got the fly. Woohoo! <laughs> right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Toy Story three. Now I know we don't normally do sequels, but this, you know, particularly uh, Toy Story three. This was this came out so long after the first two. Um, <laughs> my lads couldn't believe it when they when we went to see it, and I said, "Look, you know, Toy Story three. Do you remember this?" I went, oh wow, yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, oh, we've been watching it for ages. <laughs> yep, you're only ten and eight. <laughs> <laughs> it came out in ninety six. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, a good addition to the. Uh, trilogy i just i love the prison thing to it like they have to break out of the prison and it's just a daycare center i just love it it's brilliant <laughs> uh the social network i've not seen yeah, this one. I saw it. yeah any good yeah yeah it was yeah it was all right <laughs> i'm not a big fan of jesse eisenberg Born. to be honest but you're not no he seems like the same sort of thing in everything he does Oh, that's right. And then even when he's been interviewed on panel shows and things, he's still the same guy. <laughs> Does, doesn't he act in his films? Does he just be himself? He seems very intense. Um, the King's Speech. Probably. Uh, no, that, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe just, maybe just no. you guys would watch that kind of thing because you're British and <laughs> he's your king. But uh, no, I, I can't stand movies like this. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it is quite a historical uh, document, I suppose. Um, but uh, no, I've not seen it. Yeah. 
127 hours, James Franco. Yeah, I saw it. He got uh, he had to cut his arm off or something. Yeah, it's, a, it's an armless film, uh, <laughs> really. Um, yeah, I've not seen it. I don't like the idea of ugh, that sort of thing. Yeah, not really but, my type of show, but I, I watched yeah. it for some reason. And yeah, uh, I'm sure it's a hell of a story, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, True Grit, uh, the remake. A remake. This is on my list to, of, of films to watch. And in fact, um, my friend Lee is uh, inducting me into the Coen Brothers films uh, uh-huh. as, as we speak. So I've seen a couple of them and really wish I hadn't. Um, <laughs> but True Grit is, is obviously, um, I think, one that I, I would like to see. I vaguely remember seeing the original, which mm. has a Star Trek connection. Uh, just Jeffrey Hunter, isn't it? No. Oh. Which one am I thinking of then? Oh, which one am I thinking of if it's if it's not true grit then? Oh, you got me. You got me. You're uh, thinking Green Beret with George Takei. Nope. No, then I don't know. Um, the girl who plays alongside John Wayne. Oh. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> trying, to, trying to remember name now. Yeah. Kim Darby is her name, and she was in an episode of Star Trek, the original series, uh, with all the kids going. Berserk, and she was the one that like yeah, Mary. She was Mary. Mary. Um, okay, moving into 2011. Uh, Drive, Ryan Gosling, Brian Cranston. No. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw it. Maybe. Yeah, I think he's a getaway driver or something. And he, something or other happens. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, we've got uh, the Planet of the Apes. We've got Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah. In this year, mm. probably the three I, I three Planet best. I think they are three amazing films. Um, oh, really took me by surprise when I when I saw them because although I, I've seen the originals, I wasn't really a big fan of them. You know, it wasn't it was okay. Uh, the TV mm-hmm. series was good, uh, but when they brought these uh, set of this trilogy out, I thought they're absolutely amazing. The, the stories were so good. The nods to the original were really good, and um, yeah, obviously with Andy Serkis doing all the apes, it was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, could have been on my list, but I, I didn't. Put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Okay, because this is such a short uh, list. Uh, into twenty twelve, uh, Lincoln, Daniel nope. Day Lewis. Nope, no, I've not seen that one either. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Jessica nope. Chastain. No, no, nope. Chris Pratt. It's supposed to be a, a good film, but no, I've not seen it. Argo, Ben Affleck, nope. Brian Cranston, John. Yes, Gordon. I think I've seen this one. Uh, it's either Argo or it's uh, it's another sort of bank heist thing that they were doing. But it's a Ben Affleck film. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Didn't pay much attention to it, though. <laughs> yes. It was good. It was technically okay. I just I wasn't drawn in by it. I think Argo is the Iranian hostage. Is that the one? Thing. Then yeah. there's a, there's I, I, another I one he did as well, then. That's that's probably mm. the one I'm thinking of, then. Yeah. It's a different Wait, Ben he, Affleck he, one. He's done, a bunch of, he's done a bunch of boring crap that I won't watch. Yeah. He was the bomb in Phantoms, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Django Unchained. That oh, that was, was fantastic! Be, yeah, that's supposed to be a powerful film. Oh, that's 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 really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, our second uh, Leonardo DiCaprio film of, uh, of this list. I still haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. You should. It's it's amazing. I almost put it on my list. Oh wow! Uh, Skyfall. Mm. Uh, obviously, Bond film. Yeah. Uh, the Life of Pi. No, no never actually watched it. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I would have thought that would have. Mm. Uh, been on. Your, it's like a family film, isn't it? 
again if it's not if it's over an hour and a half we don't tend to watch it because <laughs> yeah. we have about an hour and a half once the kids go to sleep for actually watching these movies so like i say i other than it's a marvel film i've gone to the cinema to see it or uh, anything that's more than two hours i just cannot sit down and watch it mm-hmm. uh, the dark knight rises exception that's a dc film i went yeah. to the cinema for that one yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I mentioned that one because obviously uh, The Dark Knight is one of my favourite films and that's uh, the sequel to it. Looper, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was all right. I yeah. That one. yeah, I've seen it multiple times and it's it's but it's not as good as I want it to be. It's, mm. it's decent. It's just there's something missing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's well put because I was thinking the same thing. It was it was really it was a good film and I watched mm. it and enjoyed it. But yes, it wasn't quite. There was something missing, and I don't know what that was. But yes, the, no, me neither. So. But it's it's almost a masterpiece, but not quite yeah. because of mm-hmm. whatever is lacking. Mm-hmm. Twelve years a slave. Haven't seen. No, nope. nope. good. Hinted. I have to try and pronounce Chatwell Idafor's name. <laughs> um, the Wolf of Wall Street, another Leonardo DiCaprio film. No, nope. haven't seen it. Boring. I won't. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gravity. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a great film, except for the George Clooney bit. Well, yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, they could have just made it an ordinary film. I know it sounds probably be a bit boring then, but even so, I'd, I'd like the, the, the effects are amazing and the, uh, the oh, whole yeah. idea of it is, is phenomenal. And uh, anything with yeah, Ed Harrison that. is and Sandra Bullock <laughs> is uh, fantastic. Uh, Captain Phillips, Tom Hanks. Uh, I think i've seen that one it's it's another great film in, in the sense that it's you know a true story or based on it at least based on the, true story. the somali pirates kind of thing that's the one um yeah yeah it's amazing just to you know, sort of see that you know what goes on when they do actually get on board a ship and then take it then we move into 2014 and one of the films that it was on all of our lists so but we because it's on all of our lists we decided just to talk about it and um, and that's Ex Machina. Mm. This is close to being yeah, that, that was my favorite film of this decade. Uh, same, it was going to be my number one, but since we all like it, we'll mm-hmm. just talk about it. Yeah, uh, Alicia, Alicia yeah. Vikander, uh, it's, it's got Oscar Isaac in an unrecognizable uh role, it's got Donald Gleason, who's a great underrated actor. Mm. Both of those guys were in Star Wars. Uh, mm. oh, it's yeah it's it's just amazing this is the first time i saw oscar isaac this is the first film i saw him in and mm. because he has the Me beard yeah. every time i see him after that i don't recognize him i think oh yes it's him again this is an amazing it's, film this had the feel is. of a 19 what back would i go 70s maybe early 70s film mm. uh, along the sort of lines of uh, westworld or something like that where it's it's very sort of slow and there's nothing really going on much. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, but you're not all bored. Just, no, you're not bored in any way. It's it's no. fascinating and, and the 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 things that they're they're putting forward and the ideas that they're thinking of and what the what these uh, robots, androids, whatever you want to call them, could be, um, is is amazing. The very very end is a little bit. Eh. Yeah, it's been done before. Okay, she's escaped out into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, what else could you do, I suppose? Yeah, well, um, for a, a film that's over eight years old. Um, 
So yeah, I, I Dominic Gleeson, yes, well, well put, uh, Sean. Underrated. Um, the three of them in this film are amazing, and that's all there is. There's just the three of them, really. That, that's that's yeah. pretty much it. And yeah. and and again, it's all about the writing, and that's why I like it so much. That's why I like you know they say it's like a 1970s um, you know, like a TV play, where all it is is three people in a room talking, which is more powerful than you know a lot of action films could be. Mm. I hate the way he's stabbed at the end. Mm. He's not stabbed quickly in there. It's so slow. No, it's just... it's silent. Yeah, silent and slow and yeah. Oh. It's just I guess that's how it would really go. It's not well, what you would put. It's not what you typically see though in a show. No, why would you stand there and do that? As soon as the point hits you, you go ow, <laughs> move yeah, away. Exactly. Not just stand there and go. Yeah. Oh, you're stabbing me. It, it's very disconcerting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but uh, this is this is one of those films in one of my favorite sub sub genres of science fiction. Uh, let's fall in love with a robot lady <laughs> movies. I love those. Yeah. Like uh, I Cherry could see right through Oh, for sure. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those films that you see, uh, like Weird Science, Cherry Two Thousand. You know, just that whole sub genre. It's, it's I love it. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, uh, like you were saying, with uh, it could easily be a TV show, it could be a play. You know, you could easily see three actors on a stage playing out all of this. You wouldn't mm. need all the expansive stuff because it's so self-contained in that wonderful dream house that I w- actually want to live in because it's <laughs> just so beautiful everywhere. Um, and yeah, you wouldn't need the the weird ending where she just goes into the real world. You could have it just left open that she just leaves and then not really know what's going on. Mm. And yeah, because you've seen that a million times. Oh, the robot's now losing the world. What's going to happen next? And you know, don't care about that bit. The, oh. the really interesting stuff is the the philosophical conversations. Is she actually alive? Is she a real person? Um, yeah, absolutely love it. So yes, uh, is that it for X Machina? Or we've got anything else to say about it? I think that's it. Okay. Okay, moving on. Uh, Gone Girl. Maybe but, you've yeah. seen it, but it's one of those ones that I couldn't care less about. Mm. Ben Affleck and Rosamund. Another Ben Affleck one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then we come to um, another uh, of our uh, top three films, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Live, die, repeat, or all you need is kill, or what are we calling it this week? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the the film that brought us um, um, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, and Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh, one of his last roles, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it was just an amazing film because you didn't see it coming. You didn't see what was going on if you didn't, if you hadn't seen any of the trailers, which I didn't. I kept away from it. Um, you don't know what's mm. what's going on. You don't know what's happening, and then and you think, oh, is this going to be one of those um, almost like a Star Trek episode, which just repeats itself over and over again using the same uh, clips? And yeah. <laughs> is this going to be like a cheap uh-huh. way of making a film? Um, or is it, no, it's done differently. It's done with different angles and different things. <laughs> but it's, no. it's really clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise, he was fantastic mm-hmm. in this one. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in, in all of his shows, he has to drive the blue uh, minivan of immortality to uh, keep his youthful <laughs> good looks. <laughs> well, we're all cursed with that. Um, 
uh, Emily Blunt surprised me. Um, because, you know, you expect to see her in all these sort of chick flicks and things. And, but no, she's badass. She comes out, yeah, she comes out as a, a poster girl on the side of a, on the side of a, a coach or a bus and, and, you know, be this woman, be the, you know, the action woman. She's killed more enemies than anybody else. And she's, you know, my God, what a, what a role this is. I mean, she's not, she's not physically strong. She doesn't look physically strong. She looks quite tall and slender. Uh, but suddenly she's packing all these guns and shooting all these aliens. And oh my goodness. That was my favorite bit of trivia when looking up for this movie, because it was in my top list, but I knew we were going to now just discuss it as here, but that she was, it was 85 pounds in weight and then a further 120 pounds. If you've had the guns on top and she was constantly complaining, because that's a lot of weight to carry around and you're shooting for six months. And Tom Cruise just turns around and just says, you're a complete wuss. You know that, right? And just <laughs> plays it down. Keep waiting, keep waiting, you'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> you look happy though. <laughs> and then I'll go into a loop and then I'll just carry on talking again. Is it back? Oh, you're back. There now. we go. <laughs> Yay. There we go. Oh, your internet connection is uh, unstable. No shit. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Imagine that. But yeah, this this But you know what's not unstable. <laughs> hey. <laughs> anyway, uh, next film, Edge of Tomorrow. Um so guys, what do we think about this Tom Cruise film then? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm not a really big fan of it because it's the blue uh, minivan of immortality and it's Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise and he's always running, you know, it's one of those very true. And um, my favorite bit of trivia was uh, finding out that uh, Emily Blunt was complaining about the fact she had uh, 85 pounds of the weight did we do this before? I'm sure we've talked about this movie again. No, no. Couldn't be. Couldn't be, no. No, no surely no. not. Yeah, no. fair enough. Oh, anyway. It was a good film. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Set in the far-flung future of 2020 as well. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who knew the end of the world would be in 2020? <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of predicted that right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on to uh, Birdman. Or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. Yeah, you know what? That was so hyped. Uh, oh, it's it's Michael Keaton playing a, a Batman esque character, and and I, I couldn't find it anywhere, but I bought it because uh, I think Amazon had it for ten bucks, and I'm like, haha, I got this movie, and it's supposed to be great, and I watched it, and I'm like, what the f- am I watching? This is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was looking at it thinking Michael Keaton as a uh, a superhero. And then they said, oh, like an ex-superhero. Thought, okay, that's, that's, you know, sounds intriguing. And just be, just as I rented it and I got it home, somebody said, oh, yeah, and don't forget that one, the uh, the Oscar. I went, oh, shit, I've just broken my rule. Never mm. watch an Oscar-winning film. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the idea of the story, the idea of it was okay. The way they filmed it, they tried to make it look like one continuous um, camera shot. And I love that sort of thing. I love it when they do it in Battlestar Galactica, the first ever scene in Battlestar Galactica is like three minutes long and it's just one camera shot all the way through. And they did it in um, Babylon 5 a couple of times when they took long, sweeping camera shots. Uh, this, um, there's, I think it's three that they do. So it is. there are large numbers of times where it's just one camera shot all the time. But then they go past a wall and you can see that's where they've cut it. Uh, so it hasn't been done as one 
uh, continuous shot, but large portions of it are all done in one continuous shot. And for that, you need great actors. And you've got Michael Keaton and Ed, Edward Norton, uh, amongst others, that that can do that sort of thing. They can they, they could do a play quite easily, so they can remember the the long scenes and the lines. But the film was crap. It was garbage. <laughs> and if you want to see a, a, a another film with a long continuous shot that's actually done well, Dunkirk. Mm. Which I think is coming up on our list. Um, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. Uh, the Imitation Game. The what now? Benedict Cumberbatch and Kira Knightley. It's about the Enigma uh, machine in World War II. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's it's good. It just it's recounts yeah. what actually happened. It's a historical drama. Oh, was that the Alan Turing thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I may have seen that and been bored to death. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, Dawn of the Planets of the Apes. So yeah, that's the that's uh, the second one, second which one, was yeah. better than the first one, mm-hmm. or no, maybe the third yeah. was the best one. I, yeah, eh, okay. yeah, yeah. How does how does Dawn come after the rise of the planet of the Apes? But hey, there we go. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what rises. Just before that's Dawn. Hmm. Um, American Sniper, Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller. Mm, don't think so. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. Charlie mm-hmm. saw that in the theater. Not a big Stan. Mad Max fan, I'm afraid. So, no, I didn't watch it. Stan it was it. it was all right. It, it, yeah, it was fine. Uh, then we come to Tomorrowland. George Clooney, Hugh Laurie, and two fantastic Ooh. little girls who... I say little girls, that's a bit demeaning. Uh, two fantastic, fantastic girls, uh, Britt Robinson and uh, Rafi Cassidy, who I think mm-hmm. steal the show. I mm. took my boy to see that in the theater and I remember enjoying it. Mm. Me and Lee went to see it. Um, and it was, a, it was the first time I saw Hugh Laurie doing an American accent, <laughs> which I have now seen. I'm watching House at the moment. So I'm halfway through it. So that's, it's a natural thing now. But uh, I love the beginning of this film. It was, mm. that was absolutely amazing. You know, the way they, they you know, get hold of this thing and it takes them to a different place and you know, you know she's walking walking through this field and falls down the stairs you know because you, it's just like a headset you know a virtual reality headset <laughs> you, you can think you're uh, walking through a field but you're gonna bump into the wall in a minute uh, but yeah i thought it was a really good film it was a really uh, clever story and nice little uh, science fictiony mm. sort of thing to it and then the bad guy but it, it was a typical disney film it was from what i remember yeah. i remember enjoying it yeah. but it wasn't uh, bringing anything new to the party. No. Mm. And the funny thing was, when we, when me and Lee went to see it, we got there, and there was the two of us, and we so we sat it right at the back, so we could see the you know, the screen for the, you know, without anybody in front of us. And two other people came in, another couple came in, and sat halfway down uh, the, the the cinema because it's quite a steep um, seating arrangement they have in the, in the cinema we went to see. And the film finished. Uh, me and Lee got up, we got halfway down the steps and these two people walked out in front of us and I said, bloody hell, there's a queue. <laughs> Four of us. And they waited until we were right behind them and then they stepped out and went, oh, come on, guys. There's four of us in here and there's a queue to get out. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, Jurassic World. Yeah. 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 A bit long in the tooth, but it does bring new people to the uh, you know, new audience to the uh, Jurassic World. Uh, the Revenant, another Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, and Domino Gleason film. 
think I saw parts of it, something about a wilderness and a bear, and I, I never actually sat and watched it. It just was mm. on somewhere. I heard something about Leonardo DiCaprio bear, and I thought, no, no, I'm not going <laughs> to watch that. Yeah, I didn't care. Moving to 2016, La La Land, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. I, I believe it's, it. it's been on my Netflix queue for about six years, <laughs> yeah. and I'll probably never get to it. <laughs> but you're the one that's keeping the only it on there. Is because of Emma. <laughs> yeah, the only reason is because it's Emma Stone, and oh boy, but uh, <laughs> that's it. Fair enough. Hacksaw Ridge. Nope. Nope. That's a, a war film thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, oh, for goodness sake. Mel Gibson? Me. Yeah, Mel Gibson, that's it. Mel Gibson's direction. Andrew Garfield, mm. Sam Worthington. Mm. Uh, then we move into 2017 and we come to Dunkirk, which you mentioned, uh, Sean. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah, there's a lot of CGI in that film. I would believe so, yeah. But it's one of those continuous shot films and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this. It was okay. Hmm. I didn't know what the hell was happening, but... Uh... <laughs> Too much noise, eh? <laughs> explosions. Yeah. And... <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Blade Runner 2049. Haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it. No, I'm not a big Blade Runner fan, so I won't be watching it. Mm. Uh, the Shape of Water, which was a bizarre. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I watched it and I really wanted to like it more than I did. <laughs> it was one of those. See, this is a name that actually does crop up in my list. Uh, Guillermo Totoro. I'm a big fan of his movies and I really love all of his stuff. And this is another one. I enjoyed it, but also because it's got, you know, um, uh, Doug Jones and you've got, you know, weird fish men and it's all kind of weird, kind of I don't know, love story, but it's also conspiracy theories. And I, I kind of like that. But yeah, it. I don't know if it was supposed to be a, an Oscar winner. I don't, I don't mm. know if it, it was it, it that it was, good. No, it, it was weird and it had potential. And yeah, I, it, I'm a big fan of Guillermo as well, but I was just, mm, this isn't doing it for me, guys. There's other movies that he's done that are a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And we have War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Good, uh, good conclusion to the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Logan, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart. Not one I've seen. Still Fantastic. haven't seen it. Oh, hang on. Sean's oh, going robotic guys. now. Yeah. Hey. Oh, have I? Oh, yeah. My internet connection seems to be what it says. <laughs> We're all suffering here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean, you're being robotic. Maybe you should do a podcast based on that. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Logan, you were saying. Yeah, it was great. Okay. We've not seen it. So. We'll see it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should. Yeah. Come on, it's got Captain Picard in it. Yes. Um, Wonder Woman. Now I've put Wonder Woman in um, mm-hmm. because yeah. it is a no, well, it's a Marvel film, obviously, but sorry, it's a DC no, it's film. A, it's, a DC. it's a DC film, uh, but it needs mentioning because finally, finally, we get a decent uh, female <laughs> lead yes. who does a fantastic job of Wonder Woman. Who is Wonder Woman? Um, they great. They did it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a finally a good, decent DC movie as well. Yes. Having had quite a number of uh, misfires. Mm, correct. And on the back of that, Black Panther. 
yeah, that was good too. I mean, and they they've you know uh, both Marvel and DC here uh, have done something brilliantly. They they mm. just they didn't do it just to say, oh, we need some black people in. Let's make this thing mm. about that. We need some women in. Let's make something about that. It was done properly. It was yeah, absolutely done properly. Yeah. Uh, then we move into uh, the Mission Impossible uh, Fallout series. Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill. Uh, Simon yeah. Pegg. So I yeah. haven't seen any I've, of the Mission Impossible. I've, I've, oh, I've really seen good. one or two. Uh, or I've three, seen the first I, one, but yeah. I don't know which ones I've seen because they're all the same film. So I don't know what's. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, it's like James Bond. They're just James Bond films. They're all the same. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Bad yeah. guy comes up. James Bond gets rid of them. So the original Mission Impossible, which we, I think we spoke about in in our one of our earlier uh, episodes, yeah. um, I didn't. I sort of liked it. Because it was good, didn't like the way they dealt with the, the main character. Uh, I was appalled by that. I watched the second one and went, yeah. Third one lost me, but then I came back to it on somewhere around five or six. I can't remember which one it was now. And they brought Simon Pegg in, and there's a bit of a comedic element to it there. And suddenly, I think it became a lot better. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got. In fact, I've got them all recorded. I think um, I just need to get some of the later ones, but. It, I need to do a sit down and rewatch, uh, rewatch them all because I think they're quite good. Uh, then we've got a quiet place. Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Yeah, that wasn't too bad actually. Uh, yeah, I saw the I saw the uh, trailer for it and thought, mm, mm, bit scary. Yeah, not my typical fare, but I watched it. I, I actually did a uh, a quiet place uh, bird box uh, double feature. One was where you couldn't see anything. One was where you couldn't say anything. And uh, they they really complemented each other. <laughs> yeah, put the two together. It's pure silence and nothing to see. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, no, it, I, I, I remember enjoying it. Uh, then we've got Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek. Uh, I saw that. I thought it was a good portrayal of... of you know, the, of the scene at the time and, the, you know, how they got together and all that. But it, it was so historically bugged that it <laughs> really didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. The songs were great. And the, the ending with the, I think it was like 17 minutes that they showed of the of the actual concert, the, yeah, the um, Live Aid yeah. Live Aid concert. Yeah, it was, that was phenomenal. Um, mm. Almost scene for scene. Again, they didn't quite do it all, but they couldn't do it. What, 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 what can you do? Um, they just did it brilliantly at the end there, but. Yeah, it was okay. Mm. Uh, then the last two on the list, 2019, Leonardo DiCaprio again, Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. Oh, that was okay. <laughs> I saw that in the theater. Yeah, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. I need to see that, I think. Um, it looks cool. That wasn't good. bad. I've got it on my shelf over there. I actually bought the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And The Irishman, which is Robert De Niro and Joe Pesky, which uh, I wish I hadn't watched. It was too long. I haven't seen it. It was something like three hours, over three hours long, and it was just too, too much. And yeah, it was, it was old people trying to be gangsters, and it just didn't work. Um, I think they should stop. You know, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci need to stop doing gangster films, for God's sake. You know, there's been enough of them over the years. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, if there's one genre of film that I don't want to watch, it's musicals. If there's two, it's gangsters. <laughs> and if it's musical gangsters, <laughs> oh, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it would lead to a trilogy. You know, you'd have the Irishman, the Welshman, and the Englishman. It was all going to lead up to a joke at the very end. But... Yeah, right, right at the end, they all meet in the bar. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're just about to say something and then it cuts. <laughs> yeah, That's cuts. it. Yeah. You never, never find out. Find out what the punchline was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the end of my list. Sean, you, you had some extras there that you came up with that weren't on my list. Yes, yes, I did, as a matter of fact. And before I get into those, we're going to play a promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. So how do we describe this show? Like, what's really going to grab people's attention and make them tune in? Nerdgasm for your eargasm? What? The space must flow to be in the know. Um. Don't be a willow. Grab your pillow. But that one doesn't even make sense. All right, stop. Snag a seat and listen. The nerds are back with the brand new edition. No. Uh, okay, then. The Blurred Nerds Podcast. Rants, raves, reviews, recaps, and other bits of random fandom. Well, see, that's perfect. You should have just led with that one. Resistance is futile. Listen to the Blurred Nerds podcast, right? Meow. Fine. Make it so. Okay, Sean. So tell me all about your list. All right. Do we want to talk about all my favorite films of the decade or just a couple of them? Or how are we going to do this? Just mention the ones that were not on my list. Um, some that you okay. mentioned before. And then go into your, your number three. And then we'll go over to Dan and he can do his number three. And then with a few right. of his films. That sounds good. Uh, let's see. Um, we didn't talk about uh, The Cabin in the Woods from 2011. Uh, that his five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind The Cabin in the Woods. And it's actually got uh, a young Chris Hemsworth in it. And it was uh, directed by Drew Goddard. And they, they uh, take the whole scary cabin in the woods genre and they flip it on its head and it's very meta. So I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but uh, definitely worth a watch. It was on my list for ages. And then when the pandemic finally hit and we were locked down in 2019, finally got to watch it. Um, and it was going to be on my my uh, honourable mentions as well. But it's so so good because it takes all those tropes all the things you're expecting to happen and then about half an hour in it just completely flips it and then you're like what on earth is happening here and then they just throw things at you and it just keeps going and building it's brilliant yeah like you haven't seen it april nope mm. <laughs> well it's, well worth it i have it's stayed some... in the in the cabin in the woods in canada uh, so ooh. there you go okay okay you may yeah, never it's... again having watched this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's got some very scary elements in it, but uh, they, they do flip it. And the and, sense uh, of humor about it is just brilliant. Just, yes, they yeah. turn it into something completely different. Mm. So, but not to give yeah. the ending away, because otherwise, yeah, it's something no, you have to definitely. watch to understand. That's right. That's right. Uh, another one that uh, we didn't mention was Attack the Block from 2011 as well. Uh, a team gang in South London defend their block from an alien invasion. And, and, and get this, it, it's got a young uh, John Boyega or Finn from uh, Star Wars and Jodie Whittaker, the 13th Doctor from Doctor Who. Uh, it's also got uh, Nick Frost in it and some mm. really dark uh, bear type aliens with glowy green teeth um it's it's it sounds really like a good. nick frost film yeah it's really yeah. good 
basically it's, there's there's drug dealers at the top of a, a high-rise uh, estate and uh, John Boyega's character is kind of like the, the mean guy who's always picked on as being the gangster and he's always getting arrested by the police and then he gets let out all the time and because he's black that's why they pick on him and he's always beaten down always beaten down and then suddenly these meteors start hitting the UK and they land slap bang in the middle of this uh, children's playground next to the the high-rise flat and then all of London starts going dark and you know it's getting invaded and there's that pop-ups on the news and all sort of stuff and it gradually just descends on their their little community and this high-rise flat have to defend themselves against these alien bear monsters and it's it's schlocky b-movie but it's done so well and because you've never really seen it on like an east end of London it's just something completely different. And it was written by Joe Cornish, uh, who is a big comedy hero of mine. And they used to do uh, the Adam and Joe show on Channel 4, uh, where they used to do Star Wars with all the figures and they used to like play with them. And all. it's very funny. Um, but um, really good show. And you should watch it, Paul. It is really good. It's got a great sense. Oh, humor. yeah, it, it is. It's pure chaos and hilarity. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK, I'll have to look that one up. You definitely should. Uh, and then I guess um, let's go with uh, another one. Scott Pilgrim versus the World from 2010. In a magically realistic version of Toronto, a young man must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes one by one in order to win her heart. And uh, it's got uh, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Kieran Culkin. But that's not all. It's also got... Um, Oh, what, what's her name? Alison Pill from uh, Star Trek Picard. It's got uh, Chris Evans from, uh, uh, you know, Captain America. It's got Brandon Ruth from Superman Returns. It's It's got a whole bunch of people that uh, are super famous. But back in 2010, they maybe were not quite as famous, but uh, a lot of big names. And it's, it's the big. best uh, video game movie that's not based on a video game. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah it's it's one that i've heard of and it was on the list of you know films i need to watch uh, a while back but i've just never got around to watching it dan seen it yeah uh, brendan routh who's got all of his vegan superpowers and then he finds out he's eating a burger last week so he loses them all it's brilliant it's so funny <laughs> yes it's uh it's it's terrific you definitely got to add it to your list there <laughs> okay any more yeah no, those are uh, the honorable mentions or the, the ones that uh, you didn't have in your lists. Okay. Dan, have you got any uh, more honorable mentions? Uh, or, and, just and... two. They're really small indie movies. Again, really short. So uh, that's the only way I could fit them in. Uh, back in 2013, we had The Way, Way Back, which is uh, a very small drama. It's uh, Steve Carell. Uh, it's uh, Tony Collette. And they have a son who they take with them on this family summer vacation for six weeks and he goes and works at the nearby swimming pool and it's just his life and it's just his family sort of breaking down and they find out that Steve Carell is having an affair and then he's keeping secrets from her and she's keeping secrets from him and the boy is just caught in the middle of all of it and what's going on in his life um it's a really sad story but it sort of has an uplifting ending um and I just like those sort of small indie movies it's a nice character thing uh, not many people are probably sure have seen it or heard of it but the way way back is really good. 
the other one is a zombie movie. It's another independent movie. Uh, it's called Little Monsters, and it's from 2019, just at the very end of the decade. Uh, it's about a kindergarten group in Australia who get uh, caught in a petting zoo just during the uh, zombie outbreak. And uh, Josh Gad plays this unhinged American kids entertainer who is there at the same time, who they've gone to see, who's their big hero. Turns out he's a swearing, drunk a uh, cocaine fueled uh, addict who uh, likes to sleep with all the mums of the kids that uh, they bring to come and see him. And he's the worst human being ever. And uh, yeah, these kids have to be kept from the horrors of the zombie outbreak by their kindergarten teacher who tries to sing them songs, uh, tell them stories and just keeps them all contained in this petting zoo uh, outhouse whilst the zombie apocalypse is hanging up around them. Uh, it's, it's very funny. There's lots of dark moments. There's a bit where a kid dressed as Vader goes outside thinking he can stop the, the zombie apocalypse by, you know, moving all of the, uh, um, the stuff in front of them using the force only to find out that doesn't work. But he finally, you know, will he actually survive the the zombie? And there's a big tense moment in there. Uh, it's very funny, lots of jokes, um, and well worth a look. Excellent. Any more? Uh, that's it, because now I've moved one of mine into my top list. Okay. Well, I've got one more, which uh, I'd forgotten about until uh, we actually started doing this podcast, and I've just hast hastily added it. Uh, Date Night with mm. Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Uh, now, we went to my um, friend Lee's um, uh, with both me and my wife. We went over there for a meal and a good night. And he said, right, we've got this uh, excellent film. Put it on. And for the first 20 minutes or so, I, I, we were, me and my wife were sat there. And we, we were a few years older than Lee and his wife. And we're watching it thinking, this is just a documentary on <laughs> our life. It's a couple that are just going around making breakfast for the kids. The kids are being argumentative and go to school. They've got to drop them off. They've got to pick them up in the evening. Darling, are you doing this? I'll make the bagels. You have the bacon, blah, blah, blah. 20 minutes. It was just this thing. And we're looking at each other going, is this supposed to be funny? Is it? And, of course, Lee and his wife are laughing their way through it. It's not funny. This is what we do. This is our life. <laughs> And then all hell breaks loose, and it's it becomes a, a totally different film after that. So it it's uh, it tells the story of um, a case of mistaken identity in New York City, which turns a bored married couple's attempt at a glamorous and romantic evening into something more thrilling and dangerous. So yeah, that's basically it. So they have to set up the film as being just you know your ordinary boring couple. Let's have a date night. You know, <laughs> they get a, a, a childminder in, and of course. They, to keep bringing up the childminder to find out what's going on and the, the all hell's breaking loose in the childminder and all this type of thing. So, it, yeah, it, it, it just breaks out into some bizarre, really bizarre things. They're driving cars through New York. There's bombs going off. There's guns being shot. They're running through restaurants. and all. It's just a, you know, a really funny film. So after that, I, I, when we finished it, my wife said, that was a really good film. And I said, yeah, it was quite funny. Yeah, I quite like that in the end. <laughs> so it came, and that we will watch that just before... Uh, Christmas, so Christmas comes along, and I thought, well, Linda liked that film. I'll, I'll buy that on DVD for her. So I bought it. We got to Christmas. She opened up the present, burst out laughing, handed me a present, and gave me the same DVD back. Uh -huh. so, uh -huh. I said I didn't like it that much. <laughs> it was okay. It wasn't... <laughs> so we kept one copy and took the other copy back. But uh, gorgeous Tina Fey, hilarious uh, Steve Carell, and hilarious Tina Fey as well. Um, yeah, good film. Mm. There's another film in that same vein called Game Night, 
where it's uh, couples meet together on a regular basis to play board games and they start getting bored of the same old things. So then they get invited to this murder mystery uh, game night, but actually it's a real murder that's going to be happening. And again, that same thing happens, but it's just the first half an hour. It's just like, where is this going? This is just exactly what a normal couple does. Um, so yeah, it's a very similar thing. So if you like that game night, I would definitely suggest. Okay. That's 2018. So I think it is in this decade as well. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, so into our top threes. Sean, what is uh, in your top three? What is your number three, or at least in your top three? Uh, let's go with Rubber from 2010. <laughs> uh, IMDb synopsis. A homicidal car tire, discovering it has destructive psionic power, sets its sights on a desert town once a mysterious woman becomes its obsession. Uh, it's got nobody you know in it. It's... Uh, uh, <laughs> It's, it's the most bizarre, ridiculous, hilarious thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It's a tire. He comes alive. His name is Robert. Uh, and he's just rolling along. And he, he's discovering his powers. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's blowing up rabbits and birds. And uh, he, he goes on a murderous rampage. Uh, but in, in a meta twist there's also another bunch of people who are actually watching the tire as if it's a movie. It's, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And you guys have seen it. You got me into so much trouble. <laughs> I did. We, yeah. We nearly, it, it nearly destroyed our film night. Oh no! <laughs> the, the, the guys get together and we all have pizza and drinks and beer and we sit down and Lee said, oh, I've got a copy of oh, No, he didn't have a copy of Rubber. I had to get it from um, from Snips. And he said, oh, it's a great film. It's a great film. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll all love it. And we sat down and we watched it. <laughs> and at the end of it, everybody went, what the hell was that? <laughs> right. And then every every week, you know, every every um, film that we go to after that, they're all saying, you're not getting Rubber again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Rubber, oh, for God's sake, not Rubber again. But it's so I, good. It is. It is bizarre. <laughs> it is so good. It's. It reminds me again of nineteen seventies films. Uh, yes. Steven Spielberg's film, his first ever film, Duel, where there's mm-hmm. a, a truck following a car, and the you know, the guy who's driving the car is being followed by this truck. And right at the end of it, the truck tries to kill him. It goes over the edge of a cliff. You don't see the driver of the truck ever. It's just a truck. <laughs> you think, well, what the hell? You know, and it's like it keeps turning up. It's like the. It's like. It's like the wheel in rubber. It's like the tire in rubber. It just keeps rolling into into the shot. You go, oh god, the bleed rubber's the tires back again. It just like, it looks at this woman in the shower. He's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then all these people are dying of starvation and drinking things because somebody's giving them food poisoning while they're watching the, this film. Oh it yeah, is, yeah, and then, and then the film is not a film anymore. At <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. Then you've seen it. No, I haven't. I still need to find it. I still need oh. to see where it's being streamed. But um, yeah, I, it's on my list. I mean, oh, I kind yeah. of feel like this whole series of decades movies and us recounting all of them has been leading to this moment because I still need to see this film. It's ridiculous, hilarious, <laughs> and just weird. <laughs> oh, and I didn't, I didn't copy it when we got it either, so I can't, I can't send you a copy. I'll find I'll find it one day, and uh, then when we do the twenty twenties movies, then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, Dan, have you got a, a top three film? 
Uh, my top three is from 2014, and it's What We Do in the Shadows, uh, another indie film. Uh, it took nine years to, to make, so it actually started in the 20, well, 2000s and then was released in the 2010s, and it took nine years to sort of get it into theatres. Um, it's uh, an improv movie that was scripted, but the two guys who wrote it, which is um, uh, Taika Waititi, uh, of uh, Marvel fame now um, and uh, it's also uh, Jermaine Clement of uh, Flight of the Concords fame they wrote a uh, full script and never gave it to anybody on the staff so they knew what the, the scenes were and they just sort of generally gave the impression to the actors in every scene that there's it they're in and just told them this is where we want to start this is where it has to end but everything else you do in the middle is just entirely up to you and just go and they wanted to do it so that it was genuine reactions from the actors uh, they filmed over 125 hours of film and it's condensed down to just 90 minutes uh, and it took a whole year to just edit the movie it's not just a couple of months they took a whole year just to edit down all of that footage uh, but the directors have actually left all the footage online so people can actually edit their own versions and make fan copies of the movie as well um it details basically three vampires who are being followed by this documentary crew and rather than you know going out and murdering lots of people and everything like this it's just detailing their lives of trying to pay rent get into a nightclub uh, the unholy masquerade ball of the vampires of the local vampire club um, and they're just desperate to try and get into the party it's viago who's a 400 year old vampire a deacon who's the most recent 183 year old and vladislav otherwise known as vlad the poker but not <laughs> vlad the impaler uh, that's the other guy uh, he's an 800 year old uh, vampire and they've got an 8000 uh, year old vampire in the basement called peter uh, who tragically dies during the movie so we have to uh, yeah, pay our respects to him uh, and it's just their just mundane lives and it's led to one of my favorite tv shows which is what we do in the shadows the tv show uh, where it just details these other vampires but in new york instead of new zealand and this one uh, is just linked in with this same universe of vampires just living really mundane lives and it's very funny and i so desperately wanted to like it really oh, oh I, loved it absolutely I, loved it I don't even think I've ever finished it. I, I tried watching it several times. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> what are we? We're werewolves, not swearwolves. I love it. Very <laughs> really good. I bet Paul has never seen it. Nope, never seen it. <laughs> there we go. But I, I would definitely recommend it. If you like your improv, um, that's where it comes from. If you don't, then yeah, Lost Cause. Okay. Number uh, well, number three on my list. Um, well, it, it, it's a list of three, but this it could be any order. But this one in particular is the, it was the first one along Inside Out, mm. uh, animated uh, film. Eleven-year-old uh, Riley moves to San Francisco, leaving behind her life in Minnesota. She and her five core emotions: fear, anger, joy, disgust, and sadness struggle to cope with her new life. And this, but way, way, way back in the day back in the early 70s when we used to have comics, when I used to read comics, I should say, um, there was a comic strip called The Numbskulls, and it was basically people inside uh, your head, and they would be, you know, the, the one would be doing the eyes, one would be doing the mouth, one would be doing the nose, and, you know, all these people inside the head basically being your emotions and your uh, the workings inside your head. So when this came along, I thought, oh, wow, this just reminds me of that of that comic strip. And it's brilliant. It's it's 
beautifully done because it it, it shows the emotions that a, a young girl would go through if she's if she's going to move house. It also shows the emotions of the parents and shows how their relationship uh, works inside their heads, leading to what me and my wife always quote. At one point, they're all sat amongst the, uh, you know, sat at the table, having the dinner, about to start the dinner. And the girl's telling, you know, spilling her guts, saying, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. And the mother's going, oh, wow, you know, this, we can work this out, we can do this. She looks across to her husband, who's got a blank stare on his face. And when you go inside his head, all of his emotions are all sat there with their feet up watching the football. So the... The woman, all the the people inside, all these you know, the people inside the emotions inside the woman's head are going, signaling the husband, signaling the <laughs> husband, and she's giving him the stare and the eyes are going, come on, come on, look at me, there's something happening here, signaling the husband, and that's what me and my wife keep saying to each other every time you, you something's missed or we miss something, go, uh, signaling the wife, you know, <laughs> you need to listen to this bit. <laughs> So it was just brilliant. So, so well done. And um, obviously it's an animated film, but a humor, but also a lot of poignancy in it as well about um, ooh, uh, the, the character, the Richard Kind plays Bing Bong. And I can't, it's, it's like a, a part of the memory that disappears and fades. A, a pink bear or something or an yeah, elephant? Yeah, an or... elephant type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously an, a, a memory that has to, or a, an emotion that has to go away in order for her to move on and do things. And it's sad to see that go. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's a really good film. Yeah. I, I, uh, I remember seeing this in the theater and it was actually very enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. And I think Bing Bong was my favorite character. Bing Bong, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I looked the, uh, the, uh, the train of thought. That goes through goes is actual train that goes through the, the mind. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, it was really good. I really like that inside the the dad's head. It's actually all anger, but they're just different variations of anger. I just thought that was quite funny. They all look exactly the same. There's no there's no classification on it. It's just they're all the same, just with a slight twist. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And um, there's the bit, isn't it, where they go into this this the mind of someone and then they go into one of the inside out characters mind as well. And they've got their own version as well. At the very end. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it just like, how far down does this go? <laughs> um, yeah. Really good. Really good. And you don't put broccoli on a pizza. No, no, no. 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 Okay. Sean, what's your number two? Let's go to the year 2012 and a film called robot and Frank. In the near future, an ex-jewel thief receives a gift from his son, a robot butler programmed to look after him. But soon, the two companions try their luck as a heist team. It stars Peter Skarsgård as the voice of uh, the robot. It's also got Frank Langella and Susan Sarandon. And hmm. uh, it's, it's a film that I don't think most people have heard of. And I don't even know how I discovered it. But it's 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 uh, it's a quiet film. It's subtle. Uh, it's slow paced, but it's really great. Either of you seen it? I've heard about it because I heard somebody uh, on this podcast talking about it a few years ago. Rusted Robot Podcast, I think it was. Something to do with robots, anyway. Uh, weird. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's the only time I've heard of it. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's one of those ones that. Uh, 
I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's uh, in the near future. Um, and, and Frank has kind of uh, got dementia, but sometimes he's lucid. And at the end, you're like, was he really full of dementia or was he playing the game the whole time? It's one of the ones where you just don't know. And, and the robot is uh, got its own personality. It's, uh, it's programmable and it learns and it, it, it's one of those things you just need to see it. It's, uh, it's, it's too much fun. Hmm. Okay. Dan, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, which would have been Edge of Tomorrow, uh, but is now um, Pirates, also from uh, 2012. But it's not just called Pirates, because that's its original name. The full name is Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists. Uh, again, another thing that probably most people haven't seen. Uh, it is from Ardman Studios of uh, Wallace and Gromit fame. And it recounts uh, a really awful pirate by the name of Pirate Captain. That's his actual name. Uh, and uh, a crew of misfit pirates who are the worst pirates ever, including one who has a blue Peter badge. And they are trying to win Pirate of the Year for Pirate Captain because they think he should be the best. But he's so vastly outclassed by all these other pirates until they come across one ship that they plunder with uh, a, Char a Charles Darwin on board. And uh, he realises that their parrot on this ship is a very rare bird it's a dodo it's in fact the only dodo left in existence and if they show this at a scientific fair they will actually win a load of money and then the pirate captain can use that to actually become pirate of the year and it's a big sort of british comedy madcap caper of them disguising themselves not as pirates but as scientists going around london hopefully queen victoria will not find them but queen victoria has a taste for rare animals apparently and she likes to kill all these animals from around the world and serve them up to the world leaders and she hears about this dodo and she wants to get it in return as well and uh yeah it's very silly very stupid i mean from the get-go you know it's going to be a weird movie because they show this shot of victorian london and then up comes a sign saying you know 1873 victorian london and then you realize there's just a guy standing underneath the sign holding the the subtitle up <laughs> and then he's like oh i need to get out the shot and he just dips underneath the camera um and it's just stupid from the get-go um very silly uh hugh grant plays pirate captain but you wouldn't recognize it martin freeman uh is his sort of second in command his much uh anticipated uh, sort of put upon uh second in command and david tennant doctor who uh is charles darwin as this really lecherous kind of horrible charles darwin who uh, has never kissed a lady and he just wants to kiss the girls oh. uh and um he just he's unlucky in love but he's trained his pet chimp uh the uh his uh, manservant who's a, a chimpanzee who just basically just talks in signs that are pre-prepared all the way through as well very silly and very fun and is this where you got the inspiration to write your bubbles the pirate series of books maybe maybe i mean it came out it came out two years into joshua's life and joshua was getting into pirates and that's where it started and that's probably one of those things that was just in there really good Really good. Yeah, I, I have seen it, and it's uh, yeah, it is a great. Well, Artman animations—they never, they never make a yeah. bad film, really. So uh, yeah, it is really good. And it's, never uh, heard yeah. of it even. <laughs> yeah. the, the, I mean, the first argument between all the pirates, and you, you know, you see them like fly, slam their fists on the tables, and they say it's the cutlasses, and then another one says it's the looting, it's the cutlasses, and it's, they're just having a fight over what's the best thing about being a pirate. And it's just brilliant. <laughs> If you've seen uh, any of the Shaun the Sheep or uh, the, those mm. sort of 
uh, cartoons. Styles, animation. It, it's, it's the same people that yeah. do it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Paul? Um, yeah, so num- well, uh, my second film in my top three is another animated uh, uh, cartoon, uh, Zootropolis, or Zootopia, as it uh, is probably some people will know it. Uh, we have it as uh, Zootropolis. Uh, it's about a um, it, it's a lot of uh, animals anthropomorphized. Um, they basically um, there's a what's her name Judy Hops is the um, the is a bunny and she wants to join the police force because bunnies don't join the police force they're too nice and there's a uh, Nick Wilde who's a fox played by Jason Bateman and uh, he's a sly old dog you know well, he's a sly old fox. And uh, he's an ex-criminal, you know, likes to rob things and pilfer things. And of course, he's trying to help her become you know, part of the uh, police force. But he's also, he knows people, he knows things. They they go to see, um, you know, the head of the um, of the mafia. I can't remember his name now. Ah, blast. I should have. Oh, the post. Yeah, he's the possum. It's like, you come here on the day of my daughter's wedding. That's it. Yeah. And it was pure, pure godfather. It was so so funny. Uh, Alan Tudyk's in this as well. Oh yes, like he's, he's yeah, he's the weasel. Ah, and then right. they play up the fact that obviously he was the Duke of Weston, and he's also the weasel from Weaseltown in Zootopia, and it's a big in joke for all the different characters he's played. Very funny. right, okie dokie. So it's a Walt Disney Animation uh, Studios film. It was the fifty-fifth Disney animated feature film. Mm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a city of anthropo, anth- oh, why is that word? Anthropomorphic. That's the one. In a city of anthropomorphic animals, a rookie bunny cop and a cynical con artist fox must work together to uncover a conspiracy. But it has one of the funniest scenes that takes forever and a day to get through. They, um, <laughs> they, so uh, the, the the rookie cop goes. They need, they need to get some uh, D. Uh, DVLA, DVLA is uh, the British version, uh, driving license and vehicle authority stuff, um, uh, registration plate, license plate, whatever, uh, information. So they go to the uh, into the office, and the office is run by sloths. So you can imagine it's quite a slow <laughs> process. So of course, um, you know the uh, the fox is there. He's, he wants to create a bit of mischief. So he says uh, to the uh, the sloth behind the uh, counter, he says, uh, "Hey, have you?" Have you heard this joke? He says, you know, no. What do you call a, a camel with three humps? I don't know. What do you... And so on and so on. So he then says, uh, well, pregnant. Oh, and there's hilarity. So then the sloth turns to his cohort and says, hey, do you... Have you heard the joke? What do you call? And the bunny is jumping up and down, going, "Yes, yes, yes, we know." What do you call them? What do you call them? A camel with three humps. What do you? And, and it just goes on, and you go, "Oh my god!" The bunny's getting frustrated, more frustrated. Eventually, tells the joke. They get the information. They go outside. He's God, I feel as though I've been here all day. And it's night nighttime when they leave the building. He's, oh, we have been here all day. <laughs> Oh, dear. it's just there's loads and loads of things in there like that, and the you know the bunny's trying to be all efficient and rookie cop, you know, all this type of thing. It's just a great um, uh, 
film. We took the kids to see it, and of course, we, sorry, we used the kids as an excuse to go and see it. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, another good, uh, hilarious film. <laughs> they were they were doing quite well in the in the in the mid twenty tens there with with this style of mm. film. Okay, so let's move into our top films. Already, and and I hope your top film is also animated, just to uh, carry on <laughs> the trend. Uh, but mine is from 2014. It's a little film nobody's ever heard of, uh, starring an ex-hitman who comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that killed his dog and took his car. Uh, it's called John Wick. Hmm. Uh, it's it stars an unknown actor named Keanu Reeves. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not not a very. Uh, well-received film at all uh, they haven't yeah. done any sequels nothing like that fantastic film it's it's great and i hope they actually do the uh, the tv series based on the continental mm-hmm. hotel that they're talking about as well uh what, what can i say keanu reeves kicks ass uh don't don't kill the man's dog i, th- I, th- I was gonna say it's not the subtitle of the film uh, how to piss off a dog owner yeah i, I think i think you might be right yeah. Oh, so so this first one, it, it it literally blew me away. It was it was so good uh, and emotional because of the dead wife and the dog and and all that whole subplot, and then all the killing and the shooting and the rampage that he goes on. Just so much fun. And, and then there's the whole uh, back. Oh, he's the boogeyman, and everybody respects him. And you're like, oh, this is this is an important guy who retired. Blah blah blah. The second film, not so great. The, the third one was was better than the second one, but you can't hold a candle to, to the first one. Just so much fun and unexpected and just terrific. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah the, 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 the scenes in the hotel, I think, are, are, and I like the way that the hotel is there, that it's, you know, it's neutral, neutral ground. Yeah, yeah you can, nobody can shoot there. And you have, um, oh, the tall guy from Fringe. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Mm. I've got his name. Um, yeah, you know, he's in it, and, and also is is um, McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah. Yes. Ian McShane. Of course. Uh, good British actor who's made his name in America. There, you know, doing mm. American accents. Um, but yeah, it's just a great film. It's it, it's there's a lot of fun in it. There's a lot, you know, it's a lot of um, uh, over the top action, you know. I mean, the, oh, the yeah. fight sequences are so ridiculous. It's just you know amazing. But it it just it's one of those no brainers. You take your brain out and you mm-hmm. watch it. Mm-hmm. This is great. It's just a great action film and fun. Uh, you know, he does. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he can't be killed type of thing. You know, he, it doesn't matter what you do to him. He, you know, he's shooting people by rolling over somebody else's back and shooting them. You know, <laughs> just silly, ridiculous things like that. Yeah, good film. Often watching it, yeah. just imagining yourself in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have got past the first shootout. Like that's like yeah. I don't have that skill. That's I really wish I could you know take a sledgehammer to somewhere in my house and then find a you know pit full of guns, mm. some gold coins. I'll just go and live in the Continental. That's it. It's like I, I don't. I'll get a new dog. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I really like the whole uh, the first time we meet the gangster's father when we find out that the gangster has killed his dog, stole his car, and then we meet his father and then he finds out the name of it and he was just like. Okay, yeah, he can be killed. That's fine. Oh, I'll lose my son. Don't worry. That's John Wick. Okay, you pissed off John Wick. That that's your problem. I'm not even going to deal with that. Uh, it just completely subverts it because normally, you know, the big gangster is like, right, I'm going to send everything I've got against you. Is actually no, John Wick. I'm going to leave you alone. That's fine. Okay, then, <laughs> bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was this movie because it's got sequels. 
and another movie that's very similar and it's Kingsman that I didn't put in my lists because it's got sequels and you know my thing with sequels it keeps it off the list but that fighting style that frenetic fighting style uh, it creates a world in one movie and you fall in love with it and it was John Wick and Kingsman I just couldn't decide between the two and that's why they didn't make the list but wow. I absolutely love both of them there you go well what did you pick for your set, your top aha there we go, leading in. Uh, also from 2014, must be something about this year. Um, it's an animated film, and it's one, again, no one's ever heard of. It's called The Book of Life. It's now available on Disney, uh, although it was owned, by, I think, by Fox beforehand, but now is Disney. And it's called uh, The Book of Life, and it's about... I wish you wouldn't pause like that. <laughs> it's very... What's it about, Dan? It freezes just at the wrong time, doesn't you're, it? You're leaving us in suspense here. <laughs> he twists and he gets to the number one and then pauses like that. Yeah, Sorry, so, he's pa- back now. <laughs> there we go. All right, it's The Book of Life. There we go. Um, it's, uh, it's a movie about... Right, it's set in Mexico in a fictional village of San Han Hill, which is supposed to be the center of all the universe. And two gods, Lemuerte and Zibalba, create a bet over two boys and a girl. Which of the two boys will win the heart of the girl? And depending on which god wins, they are the one who wins to the right to run the afterlife, the land of the remembered. And the loser has to go to the land of forgotten. And it's the story of Manolo, who is from a bullfighting family, but all he wants to be is a musician. And he plays from the heart. And we get a Joaquin, who is the son of a town's hero who fought off these bandits. But the cheating god has given him a a little uh, medal, which gives him immortality. So it makes him a brave warrior, even though he's actually quite a big scaredy cat. And Maria is the lady that they have to win the hand of. And it's a love story, uh, but it's a musical sort of kind of there's music in it, but it's a Guillermo de Toro film and it's a wonderful animation, really sort of heartfelt story. Uh, and we quote it all the time in this house. Um, there's one where the, the, the granny of Manolo um, basically says that he's not going to fight bullfighters. He wants to be a musician. He's not going to do it. So anytime that one of our sons promises they're actually going to do something and never do it, we say, he's not going to do it. And it's just become our phrase, our catchphrase in the house. And we all just quote the book of life all the time. And it's a million times better than Coco, which was the sort of uh, Disney version of like Day of the Dead and everything like that that came out many years later. This film, so much better. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's so good and everyone should watch it, but it's sadly forgotten and missed out. Hmm. Sounds like it's worth a watch. It's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on to Minor War. This is the original story of a former Special Forces operative turned mercenary who, after being subjected to a rogue experiment that leaves him with accelerated healing powers, adopts the alter ego Deadpool. Armed with his new abilities and a dark, twisted sense of humour, Deadpool hunts down the man who nearly destroyed his wife. It sneaks in under the not-quite-a-Marvel-film category. Mm -hmm. So good, though. Oh, Damn right. This changed everything to do with what Marvel were doing. So long in the making, trying to get this made, you know, trying to get this to the point where Ryan Reynolds leaks a little sort of trailer thing onto the internet and all hell breaks loose. Everybody wants to see this. (laughs) The scene is then left in the film. That's the sort of thing. Yeah, the slow motion um, 
the way he he you know he stops sort of time as he then talks to the camera and breaks the third uh, the fourth wall, breaks all the walls. Um, just amazing, and never never before seen in any sort of Marvel film or any any superhero film like like, like this. But also deals with uh, death and near death, the death of a loved one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching the trailer is in the corner of my eye at the moment. Um, the um, it's a, it's a hell of a love story. It came out on Valentine's Day and was like. Yeah, I sort of got my wife to go and watch it because it was a love story. I said, Come on, we need to go see this. It's all about you know a man losing his wife, and, and it was to start with. Yeah. Right? It's all that. Oh you know, my goodness! I think it has one of the most powerful scenes I have ever seen in a film, where he goes to the doctor, and she says to him, "You've got cancer. You're going to die," and he says, "You know, my world just stopped." And he says, in the meantime, my girlfriend is going through plan A, B, C, right the way through to Z. And all of that is done. Um, your voice to the camera. And in the background, you can hear her saying, but what about if we do this? What about if we do that? And the doctor's going, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. And that's in the background. And that's what it is like. If, uh, I've never been to anywhere. My dad has told me that when he went to, with my uncle, um, when he was basically going to get the diagnosis of what was wrong with him. And they, they basically said to him, you know, bring somebody with you because you will not remember a thing I say. And my dad had to go along and be the memory for him because your brain just switches off. You're told that you're going to die. Well, what do I need to know anything more about, you know, that's it game over. And that's what that, that little scene was all about that. It was about him switching off and saying, that's it. I'm dead. And in the meantime, other stuff's going on in the background. And, you know, his girlfriend's trying to save his life by coming up with all these ideas. It was just absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's it was done brilliantly. And I think it was a little bit lost in the in the humour of the whole film. But anybody who's been through that situation, I think, would have recognised that straight away as, a, as was probably one of the, the best ways of, of any film that I've ever seen about being in a room with a doctor when you're being told that you're about to die. I don't think it's been done any better. Mm. So I would agree with that. Yeah. But mm. the rest of the film is just brilliant. It's so hilarious. The use of the F word and all the profanity <laughs> in it is, is perfectly done. Um, it's just you know, the way he, he arrives at the bad guy's lair at the end and he's, you know, knocks out all the henchmen and then spells his name in, in all the henchmen on the floor. And he's like, Frank, Frank. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. And the, uh, you know, he goes to the X Men, uh, you know, home to to try and get gain some help, and the, and he's going on about oh the the the, uh, the studio couldn't afford any more you know uh, superheroes, so they've only got the two of them there. <laughs> just so many little quips at Marvel, and and uh, you know, and you know, it's just absolutely brilliant. So yeah, it was the film that changed every uh, superhero film after it, basically. Yeah, it was awesome. I want to go see it again, actually, right now. <laughs> so that's it. It's our, yeah, our some, some decent films in there. Yeah, that's right. And we've run out of decades. And we've done it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good grief! When, when well, we... I've I've already got a movie to put on the list, although under my own rules, it shouldn't be on there. Ooh. Here we go again. <laughs> he loves to leave us in suspense, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Just a plus. What? There we go. 
<laughs> Just watch that. There you go. We're Tune sure. in in 10 years' time when we cover 2020s. Uh, no, The Prey, um, the uh, oh, prequel to, to yes, Predator. That was terrific. really good. Really good. Uh, I loved it from the beginning to the end. It was so good. So well done. Um, so I would put that on, on my list for 2020s already, but uh, it's a sequel. So should I be able to do it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Find out in prequel, 10 years' time. Everybody. It's a prequel, mister. Yeah. Uh, can I let myself off for that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We didn't mm. even discuss uh, Warm Bodies from 2013, that zombie film. Not oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Mm, that's that's a good, okay. good film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, so he, so here we are in, in episode 62. So many good films. Cosmic Pizza Podcast, and we started this um, look at uh, films of the decades in episode 25, which was the 31st of. Sorry, it came out on the 12th of May last year. <laughs> it's taken us that long to get through them all. Uh, well, we wanted to stretch have it some out. breaks in between. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so and now for our top three TV series from the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> it's the top three shows from the 70s. <laughs> You're, not You're not far wrong. You're not far wrong. Um, <laughs> what we will do at some point in the future is we will have a look at all uh, offline. We'll obviously uh, have a look at all of our favorite films from those decades, and we will pick our top three films of all time. Um, and we will go through um, briefly, quickly, sort of in, in separate episodes, our favorite third place film, our favorite second place film, our favorite first place film. But uh, coming up over the next uh, few weeks, we've got some really exciting guests. Coming in, right. yes. Tell us more. Well, Dan, you need to uh, introduce or tell us uh, about uh, possibly our next episode, which mm-hmm. will be um, our friends uh, Phil Russell and Dave Martin, who have previously appeared on this show. Yes, uh, they were uh, guests for different episodes, but they are friends together. And in fact, they're such good friends. They went on a rally all the way down France. Uh, they uh, hopped into their special uh car that was decorated like a pokemon and I, I don't know how they did it but this seems very interesting and it was a very unusual story um so i saw their little journey on facebook and i thought we need to talk to them about this uh so i've asked them and they will be coming on to our show hopefully if they can make it and talk about why they decorated the car bright yellow and looked like a pikachu and uh why they took it upon themselves to go on this four-day trail side of france into france and then down to the south coast as well so we'll find out what they did Excellent, and we've um, we've been in touch with um, our uh, podcasting friend uh, Casey, uh, hey. who has appeared on a couple of episodes um, uh, about conspiracy theories. Uh, one was uh, last year, and well, they were both last year, in fact. So uh, she's agreed to come back on and uh, talk about her latest uh, uh, podcasts. Uh, one of which has been, and she's been put up for uh, an award, International Women's Podcasting Award. So how about that? So uh, hopefully we'll talk to her about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mm. it's amazing. Her podcast, The the Cult Vault and The Conspiracy Vault, Um, she basically talks to survivors of people who have been involved in cults. Um, uh, Not only that, she has a lot of um, 
links and uh, I've spoken to a lot of people who, who offer support and help for people who've been in those positions, uh, which I think is one of the reasons why she's been put up this, for this award. It's not just a podcast about that. It's about um, helping anybody who has uh, or, or who is in that situation. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely uh, deserved. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully we'll be, t- be talking to her soon as well. Um, so yeah, our specialist gone, grease in the box is cold, and we hope you are full to the brim. So join us for more slices of life in the next special delivery of the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. We've been your deliverers today. Please leave a tip at the door by subscribing for future deliveries. Rate and review our service, and we hope you come back for more helpings next time. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok by searching for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. If you'd like to send us an MP3 file, you can email us on cosmicpizzapodcast at gmail.com and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.